Hello, good morning, everybody. Uh, it's been, I think, about a day since the last time I um, made a podcast. And the reason is because I got into the next chapters of, um, of Mark's. And let me tell you, it was rough. It was very rough. A lot to do with money. And it's, this is a, something I've always upheld. I don't know why I'm very interested in the idea of money. Um, and how basically it, 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 it's not worth anything until humans like symbolically gave it a worth or value. And so this chapter actually is quite confusing. And so I didn't want to talk too much about it. Um, but some of the main things I got from it was just the his- historical relevance of commodities and how uh, they basically, how commodities took a form of, um, of money back in the, you know, back in the day. <laughs> I don't know, like you could say in the 1950s um, when Nixon finally got rid of the gold standard uh there was definitely a political motivation behind that and tied it to the petrodollar and now we have a dollar that or at least a currency that's like fiat or floating um meaning that it's not tied to anything but the economy of the countries that uh, provide that type of denomination right so anyway this is this was a very heavy chapter on um theories and relationships specifically relationships of money and how money both uh retains a value symbolically but also is um the method and process of circulation or um moving things within the capitalist structure because you can't exchange things without money you can't do do things um uh in a capitalistic mindset and there were a few things that that stood out to me. A lot of it kind of went over my head. I, I got to be honest, but uh, maybe this just requires some more digging in um, and reading. And I, even the lecture was like, this is probably the place where most people stop in the book. Um, and just letting you all know, I'm actually not reading the book. I'm listening to it. Um, and the lectures are uh, supplemental to help me understand um, a lot of the concepts. Um, and so my plan is eventually after I do do this type of podcast and after I do, um, you know, listen to these lectures uh, and the book, I want to actually read the book for myself and uh, get, uh, get my, you know, eyes <laughs> um, and, 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 and actually kind of, understand see if I can understand it better after getting through this in this way so it's a it's it's a long process but anyway long story short some of the things that I I took out of the this next chapter uh the next two chapters on money was the fact that money is symbolic um and money itself is is what rules our lives and how quickly commodities uh, be, are, are like necessary within the capitalist structure because gold was the initial commodity that you know people exchanged for different goods because gold was uh, kind of universally known as like as per ounce you know the currency so 
Um, what ended up happening, some, some things that I took away was uh, the lecturer gave some story about a capitalist and how uh, even uh, on, uh, like, this is a story of a man who's a capitalist, is very prominent, very wealthy, has a family, um, and later in life, um, while his son is, like, still very young, uh, his wife passes away, and he's, he's kind of uh, reflecting um, on, you know, like, oh, you know, what could I have done to save my wife, etc., etc., and is very sad, and then he becomes ill, uh, and, and I don't know if it's the same illness or what, but then he becomes ill, and he's sitting in his bed, um, and his young son comes over and says, Father, Father, what is money? And this capitalist who, you know, was in the system and, and profited from the system and was very prominent in his um, economic class could not answer the question. He did not know what money was. Um, it's like, well, you know, money is you know, what we use to, to get the things we want. And, and, and then the, the son says, oh, that's great. Can it, can it give mommy back? And the, the man was speechless because a lot of times we construe, there is this big idea, especially in, in, in America, that wealth generates happiness and gives us the things we want. And as long as we just had the money, we'd be happier. And there's this whole stigma around um, the idea of a, a poor person going from rags to riches. Um, and not stigma, but this is a story is the best way to explain it. This is a story from rags to riches. And, I, and Karl Marx attacks this story and criticizes it because money is inherently just a a uh, a symbol, a a way of transaction that allows capitalism to exist, and it they w- he went into a lot of um, explanations of just the relationship between money and markets and how capital is not capital until you use it as investments for growth and companies and types of you know products and and what we use used to capital but capital can be hoarded and how the money system is actually reliant on hoarding to an extent but then it also produces um peculiar peculiarities i i can't say that would peculiar peculiarities <laughs> sorry um within the system that that aren't supposed to happen and he criticizes a lot of like adam smith and western thinking and ricardo who are all philosophers um and also economists uh who who describe like the market as as long as it's free as long as it's um not tainted with people will naturally be greedy and the market will balance itself realizing Mar- after reading Marx, the market does not does not balance itself out because of the way people try to manipulate it, and it's because of this hoarding and why we have the Fed that money is is essentially like meaningless, but at the same so at the same time the most meaningful thing in our existence, and we do so many things for it. So it really opened my eyes. Um, in the sense that 
even in Buddhism, right? In Buddhism, um, we talk about how happiness is found within yourself. And we always um, describe meditation, which is a big part of Buddhism, as a way to keep your mind to stop, to keep your mind focused on the present, right? And to stop thinking. And what does it mean to stop thinking? It means to just allow your senses to completely absorb what's going around you and then you recognize it and 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 not really analyze it but recognize it and and internalize it and so money in a sense in buddhism uh is not really like it, it it's it's not it's necessary but it's not real it's not worshiped it's not thought of as ne- it's necessary to interact and um, in cities and in commerce, but Buddhists, at least a Buddhist practicing the typical, like, I'm going to live in a commune, I'm going to live amongst other Buddhists and practice meditation, um, and, and seclude myself away from normal society, right? Uh, they don't new use money. They use exchange. They create their own robes from scraps of other robes or cloth and trash they find while walking the city. They eat, based on alms, or alms, sorry, alms that uh, they beg for on the street. And so they proved you can live your life without the use of money. And one of the things that Buddha said uh, that really hits me is that anyone who makes money from money, so you can think of our entire financial industry, um, is, the, is, is valueless or worthless in the sense that you're not creating any other value besides turning money into more money and what life is about is literally creating value with others and so i just i just find it very interesting how marx is criticizing the idea of money just as in buddha criticized the idea of of money and wealth and explains how money does not bring happiness happiness is internal because you can only have so much another key concept from this chapter that i took away because don't get me like there is a lot in in what i'm uh in this um in this reading of marx and i am i am skimming through a lot of it and ignoring a lot of it because some of it just did not stick to me um but this uh other notion that Money has a use value and the difference between value and use value. And a use value is literally the things you can buy, the things that you use. Like you can use money to purchase a hat to cover your head so you don't get skin cancer because you're bald. You know, something like that. So the value is um, not only a health value, but it's a value to yourself. Like you look good or it's a fashion or you could have a symbol on the hat, etc. Um, there's a value to that, right? A, a use, sorry, a use value to that. But money in itself has no limit in how much you can accumulate. While the material things you can accumulate do have a limit because there are only so many of them in the world or so many of them in, in, in the planet. Um, resource wise and only so many you can consume because I can like a human cannot eat more than you know so many pounds of food a day you can only own so many Ferraris because there's only so many or Lamborghinis um, because there's only so many made Um, so someone like Jeff Bezos the idea that there's a contradiction between like the limitless amount of money you can have what just accumulate 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 hoard 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 
and it, it and the amount of things and you can buy because you can have like the wealth that Jeff Bezos has from Amazon and still not be able to use it and it's just a worthless sense of you you know of of accumulation because if you could spread that wealth as many other capitalists and conservatives say um oh that's well distribution that's that's socialist you can't do that well if you spread it um then there's an actual use value for it but if you hoard it there is no use it is literally sitting there in a bank account doing nothing the same problem i have with the corporation apple because they hoard their money like crazy and if, and uh, something I've learned in my own business school is that you never let money sit. You never do. You always try to make more money out of it or you invest it in things because that is what our society demands in order for us to have a healthy economy. So I found it very interesting um, how just how money has contradictions within it. And as I listen more to Marx and these lectures, um, this is what Marx does. He's an anti-capitalist. He puts forth the contradictions that are, in with, are within the winning ways of thinking of Western capitalism. Um, and, and this is just a theme moving forward that I'm going to try and tie back to Buddhism and, and tie back to like what we're seeing now. So in terms of Corona, if we take a look at what's happening right now in money, um, I just want to point out the difference between the stock market which is considered an indicator for the U.S. economy um, and the amount of money and wealth uh, working class individuals have or even jobs they retain. So right now during coronavirus, we're at a point where we're like 40 million or even 50 million, I think it's now, um, people have been laid off or furloughed, meaning they lost their jobs. And this means they have no wealth coming, no income coming in. Um, they did get a stimulus. We did get a stimulus check of $1,200 here in the U.S., but that's it. Um, unemployment, you can, I, I think they bumped it up. Yes, they bumped it up, and it's now $600 a week you can make an unemployment, um, which is actually more than what you can make as like a server uh, or uh, an essential worker or something, like at a, a grocery store, which is kind of bullshit if you think about it. So if you think of it in terms of money and indicating uh Another critique of current times is the World Bank and in the IMT, the Inter International Monetary or Fund, IMF, sorry, uh, and how they utilize different policies and uh, strategies of um, grants, or not even grants, they give out loans, direct loans with interest to, to entire countries for, for development, wealth uh, infrastructure development and capital, capital development. Um, and how money uh, literally is just accumulated in those um, in, in, in the hands of, you know, literally the bourgeoisie is, is as he explains it. Uh, and so money is separated from the labor and working class. And right now we're seeing that happen in Corona times, too, um, where we see working class not having income, but the largest corporations getting bailouts, trillions of dollars of bailout money. It's insane how well off this works or how well off these corporations are. And if you think of it, um, 
what is a bailout money going to do to a corporation? Well, how it normally works is a corporation takes this money and says, how do I provide value to my shareholders or stakeholders, stockholders in this case, right? People who own stocks within the actual stock market. Shareholders have a percentage and by law, they have to work, CEOs and the board of directors of companies have to make a profit. And if they have a choice between saving someone's life or making money, they always have to choose making money because otherwise they can get fired or jailed. That is the way our system works, at least in the United States. Um, contracts are written, and, and when companies go public, uh, they have to make their shareholders whole because they're considered public. But what people don't understand is that the stock market is owned majority by the top 10%, if not even 1% of, of our population um, who are filthy rich. Because stock markets, are I, I don't care who you are, um, in my opinion, and I've, I've explored stock markets, if you are a working class person making less than 100, or honestly, less than a million dollars, um, and you put money in the stock market, you're being fucked and screwed. Um, the stock market is for rich people. The stock market is for people who put in not a thousand dollars, not ten thousand dollars, not a hundred thousand dollars, but millions of dollars, and make money off of, of, of like point zero percentage changes in, in the markets. So it, the stock market is not an indicator of the working class or our economy. It's an indicator of the bourgeoisie. All right, and so we're seeing right now. Uh, these big corporations and board of directors wanting to please their shareholders and stockholders. So what do they do? They decide that, you know what? We don't want the public or shareholders to take more value of, out of our company. So we're going to buy back stock. This way, they're able to prop up their shareholder, their, their stock prices because they're buying their own damn stock back. It inflates the price of their shares, thus their shareholders' stocks go up in price, and this is what they want to see. All they care about is, a, is a, a bump in the price and a bump in the value of their shares, because if they own 10,000 shares and the price is $100 per share, well, that is a lot, a shitload of money right there. I'm not going to do math right now, but, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? So they have no incentive to invest even in their own company. Whether that be giving raises to their um, their uh, employees or investing in new technology, such as research and development, um, or buy, I mean, if anything, they might use the money to buy another corporation or another company so they can consolidate the market and create a monopoly. Um, but the main thing they do is inflate their own stock prices. And we've seen this in all 2008 and now. So what's happening right now, they're buying back their stock. And what? guess, guess what CEO salary is tied to? The stock price. Majority of CEO salaries are literally just, here's a package of stocks. So they tie their interest with the company. So not only do, do all the shareholders get um, a raise or like their value in the shares um, stock they own go up, but all the board of the directors who own different uh, percentages of stock and then the CEO whose salary is tied to the stock get filthy rich, get filthy rich. 
And lit- it's, it's literally a no-brainer. Like, this money does not go or trickle down like the Republicans and Democrats, I would also say, explain. So that is what is happening right now. Giant bailouts, even to, like, uh, industries that need it, are not going to the working class. They go straight to the top. It's an injection to make the rich richer. So I, I find going through uh, this money section, it was, it was quite difficult, but I, I was able to tie it back to some Buddhism uh, teachings um, as well as what's going on right now because uh, money is symbolic. It literally doesn't, it, it doesn't, isn't worth anything in the real life because you can't use money to build a fire. I mean, I guess you could light it on fire. <laughs> Uh, but you know what I'm saying? It, it, it's it's only valuable because we make it value valuable, and you can use it and exchange it for things. And then tying that into Buddhism and how happiness is not is not driven from that, as well as how Corona and times right now, money is 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 a resource. It's now a resource, and we are being um, deprived of that as working class, as we're stuck in our homes. So I don't want to uh, go on any anymore. I have another chapter that I uh, half listened to. Um, I have the other half to listen today, and maybe I'll bring out another episode right after this. So um, thank you very much if you're listening. And uh, if you have any comments or questions, please uh, give them to me. Uh, my Twitter is inspiringuntrep. So that's I-N-S-P-I-R-I-N-G. E-N-T-R-E-P. Um, and I'll be happy to, to go over those maybe in an episode going forward. Bye-bye! <laughs>